0: What have you been looking at this week as far as your world, your life? What have, what, where's your focus been? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but the inmates are running the asylum. <laughs> They've kind of gone crazy. But does that mean that we as children of God have to live there? You look at the news, and it will disturb you. <laughs> uh, some of the things I wrote down, wiretapping of our allies, shark attacks off the Carolina coast, this insanity over the Confederate flag, the collapse of the Greek economy, banks raiding depositors, uh, the possible fall of the European Union, the, uh, <laughs> the possible Yellowstone eruption that they keep talking about, the California drought with so much of our food supply grown in California, uh, nuclear Iran, allies, tur- our allies turning towards Russia, ISIS and terrorism uh, going off the hook while the world seems to be embracing Islam, uh, missiles fired into Israel again. Americans out of work right now, while the administration claims that we have a 5% unemployment rate. The the, uh, $18.2 trillion national debt, the homosexual marriage that we saw take place, uh, the legalization, the move towards normalizing the, the pedophiles and the uh, polygamists and others were waiting to immediately jump on that and try to have. I mean, if homosexual marriage is legal, why can't their particular sin be legal as well? Uh, our president purging our military leaders and gutting our military might. Uh, 125 top scientists and 75 top bankers dying mysteriously over the last year or two. Uh, The freeing of tens of millions of illegal aliens into America and then the Supreme Court saying that they can vote. (laughs) North Korea threatening to bomb us. Iran threatening to bomb us. ISIS threatening to bomb us. China threatening to bomb us. And then we have a corrupt media. You know what? We could really be down. We could really be depressed. We could really be dragging our tails as, as, as Americans right now. But does that, is that what God calls us to do? Paul gives us a pretty good insight in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you'll go there with me. And as you look there, I just want to tell you, I believe very strongly, and you know that I believe in knowing what's going on in our world. And I try to keep you up on what's going on, at least the things that I think are pertinent uh, for us as christians in this country today but we have to realize god did not call us for a, to a heavenly home called the united states he didn't call us to this he has something else for us second corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 are you there this is what he says for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, he's talking about your body, your life. If it was dissolved, we have a building of God, a house made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that we be being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit, therefore we are always confident, knowing that, whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say. And willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Father, I pray, God, that you will help us today to be encouraged in where we are. To be encouraged in our walk with you. Show us your word and your truth, and I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, our temptation, because there's so much going on in the world, our temptation is to to get up in the morning, kick on Fox News, and find out what's happening. And that crazy Fox News stays on all day long. My son works in the jail in Stevens County, and he has this one particular fellow that he doesn't get along with really well, and I think his chief thinks it's funny to make them always work on the same ship. But one of the things that this guy does is the whole 10-hour shift is Fox News. It never gets turned off. Jimmy says, I want to go insane with Fox News. You know what Fox News will do? And I'm just using that as an example. It could be any newscast. You have that on all day. What are you hearing about? You're hearing about the things that I just listed. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's all done. We're not going to make it till the end of the year. Everything's going to be swallowed up. And that has an effect in your spirit. It weighs you down. It becomes a, a weight in it, and it drives depression and anxiety and fear and stress. Did God call you to those things? God didn't call you to those things as a child of God. There's something that we have beyond that. Hebrews 13, 14 says, We have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. We have, this isn't our home, folks. This isn't where we live. We live a little space of 80, 90, 100 years here. And then we spend eternity upon eternity somewhere else. So why do we put so much of our eggs in this basket? I find a, you know, on a and I look at different religions sometimes, and I and I kind of pick the things that they do right. And you know, a lot of times other religions do things right, and sometimes better than we do. And I and I look at the Amish, and I think I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know, they're kind of in their own little world up there. Most of them in Pennsylvania and Lancaster County, and they do their same same thing every day. And I wondered, you know, what happened in. Uh, in 1929 when the stock market crashed in america well they got up and they tended their fields and they tended their families and they did the same thing they did every other day what did they do when they had the prosperity in the 80s and and america was flourishing and and becoming even more of a world power they got up and they tended their fields and they tended their families and they did what they did every day what did they do during world war ii when war broke out most of the world was killing each other They got up and they tended their fields and they tended their families and they went about their business. You know, there's something to be learned there. Now, I don't think that God calls us to be ignorant of what's happening in the outside world, but I think God tells us to get up, tend our families, tend our fields, do our thing, and don't worry. Don't carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. We get so bogged down with what's happening. Do we forget that God tells us uh, in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. You know where depression comes from? Watch your Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> this is where depression comes from. Thinking about where I'm at all the time. I don't have this and I don't have that and my my wife is this and my ex-husband's that and my you know my car broke down and this happened and that every depression comes from looking at this, looking at my life, and it's not where I want it to be, and things are not going the way they should be, and everything is going wrong, and people are picking on me, and and depression comes from being introverted, constantly focusing on what I'm struggling with, where my problems are, my weights that I'm carrying. That's why you're impressed. If you do what Philippians 4:8 says, let me read it again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. There's no such thing as a depressed person doing that passage. Because if you live that way, depression won't get in there. But we we fill ourselves up with this stuff. Some of our parents or grandparents during the 1960s. Anybody remember the... The height of the Cold War, when they were bringing missiles into Cuba, and they were so sure that we were going to face a, an attack in America, and people were building bomb bunkers and shelters. I don't remember that. I'm too young. Praise God. But our, some of our parents and grandparents—they did that stuff. They got up every day. What? How they get up? They got up in fear. They got up in terror. We're going to get bombed by Russia. Why would you want to live your life that way? Why would you want to get up every day putting on a cloak of fear when God says to put on the cloak of of peace and of joy and of happiness in Him, fulfillment in Christ? We we, we sometimes feel comfortable in that stuff that sacks life from us. We become used to it. Well, I I think i got to know what's going on in the world. Yeah, okay, but why? Do you think you're going to change the Supreme Court ruling by worrying about it, by fussing about it, by yelling about it, by being mad at it? You're not going to change it. Do you think you're going to get rid of the bomb in Iran? It's not going to change. Whether you get up, listen, you can get up in the morning, you can walk down to this beautiful river's edge, and you can look at the most beautiful area that God created on this planet. You can suck in that fresh air and you can say this is gorgeous and feel that sunshine burning in your arms like it did me and say this is just incredible. Praise you, Lord, for giving me such a wonderful place to live and a wonderful time to live. Or, you can get up and turn on the Fox News and sit there and say, oh my God, look what's happened since the last time I left. Oh no, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Which one do you think God wants you to do? You know, I get inundated with it all the time because and part of it is I, I want to be up on things for your sake. I honestly want to know, but I get emails from gazillions of people, I get I get things handed to me, and I appreciate that. I really do. I do. It helps me understand the third thing. But Thursday, my wife and I got up, we got the motorcycles out, <laughs> we cleaned them things up. We sat our tails on them and we rode all day long and I didn't think about one thing that was going on in the world. Praise God, I had a wonderful day with my love. She didn't like it so much because she's not used to riding that far. By the time we made it to Spokane, we went to, to uh, Sand Point and then we went to Spokane. By the time we got to Spokane, she's like, I don't know if I can drive anymore. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just have to say, that's it, i got to get away from this i got to get away from it. I don't want to carry it anymore. I don't want this weight on me. Listen, it's one thing to know what's happening. It's another thing to live in it. God didn't call you to live in that depression. He didn't call you to live in that turmoil and stress and anxiety that's going on in the world. How do we rise above it? We do what Abraham did. Hebrews 11, verse 8 says, By faith... Abraham. When he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, stop there. Abraham, when he was called, called by what? The Word of God. He opened his Bible. He didn't have a Bible. God spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to leave everything you have, everyone you know, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, and everybody that, that you're comfortable with, and I want you to go. Where do you want me to go, God? I'll let you know. Just go. You're about faith. Then he had to go to Mrs. Abraham and say, sweetie, we're leaving. And she said, yeah, right. Where are we going? Well, we're just going to pack up the camels and we're going to head. Uh, try to pass that by your wife sometime. They usually they go south at that point. And he said, he didn't know that he was going to inherit, inherit all that land. He said, God spoke to him and by faith he Started the journey. Every journey you you take up in your life that God calls you to do is an act of obedience. And God has called you to do things that you didn't have a clue what He was going to do. You didn't have any idea where it was going to go. God spoke something to you and you had no idea what was going to be at the end of that road. But faith gives you the strength to stand up and say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I don't I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it it says that he obeyed and he went out not knowing even where he was going. By faith, he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country. He was right there in his inheritance, but he didn't even know it. He was was like a stranger in that land. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city See, that's where the key is. This is the key of this whole thing right here. He looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Listen, he didn't leave the land of the Chaldeans saying, I'm looking for a physical, earthly city. He didn't have that in his mind. He was looking for the city. He was looking for the heavenly city. He knew that this was only temporary. I've got something greater. you think Abraham woke up in the morning saying, I'm going to be the father of Israel? God's going to fulfill the promise in me. It's all going to be about my relationship with Him. And my descendants are going to be like the sand of the sea. Let me tell you who Abraham was. He was you. That's who Abraham was. He was just a man getting up in the morning, eating breakfast, getting ready, and doing his day. He wasn't Superman. We look at biblical characters like they're Superman. You know, they knew, oh, I'm the Apostle Paul. I'm going to go change the world. I'm going to write two-thirds of the New Testament. You know who Paul was? He was you. He was just a man. Getting up in the morning and living his life for the best that he could for the glory of God. That's who Paul was. When he sat down and wrote, do you think that Paul thought, I'm going to write... Uh, the book of Romans today that's going to go in the Bible and it's going to be world changing it's going to teach us all about grace he didn't know he was writing a book he was writing a, a, a letter to a church to exhort them and help them Paul was just a man living his life just like you are and when we obey God we're just like Abraham or Paul or Moses or any of the others just living that life for His glory. And what did they do? They looked for a city. They didn't live here. They lived there. They didn't constantly live right here in this turmoil because they were in a mess too. Paul was seeing persecution happen all around him. Abraham was in a, in a hostile land much of his life. They were in turmoil too, just like we are. But he, they didn't live there. Too many Christians today are living where they don't need to live. And it's weighing heavily on them. The Bible tells us in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What's that mean? That means when God speaks something to you and tells you this is how it's going to be, faith makes that thing go from being just a, a sound or a word or what, and makes it a tangible thing that we can hold in our hand in a sense. We, we hold it in our hand. We have that faith. Is God preparing a place for us? Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I will bring bring you on myself. Didn't he tell us that? Well, that's just words, right? I mean, to a to Joe blow on the street that doesn't know Jesus, he'd be like, you know, whatever. That's some old ancient book where somebody just said something. But faith makes that statement that Jesus said go from being just words to be in something that you and I hold all of our hopes and our in our future on. That promise becomes substance to us through faith. That's what gives it legs, gives it life. You know, I watch modern parenting and I listen to some of the, the parents threaten their children. You do that. When we all go get ice cream, you're not going to get any. Do you think that kid's going to get ice cream? you remember back in the days when daddy said when we get home you're going to get a whip but you knew you were going to get a when you, got home. you knew it there was no question that's, that's where faith becomes tangible you knew oh it's going to happen it's going to happen but when the parents give empty promises there's no tangible there that faith isn't tangible to the child because they've heard the parent lie so many times and, and give these empty threats see what I'm saying when God said, I've gone to, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will bring you onto myself, faith makes that something we can hold. All of our hopes, all of our dreams, all of our future, all of our faith, everything about us hangs on that, that promise and it's tangible to us because we don't look for a city that's here. We look for a city that's there. And it's hard because we love the United States we love our country many of us here have served in the military and we swore an oath that we would die to defend this country we we swore that oath that we would we would obey the president's orders to death and we meant that when we gave that oath and and we did that because of a love for our nation because of a love for our country but we have to understand that this is only temporary This is only a short time. This is only a a very minuscule moment in the course of time that we're here. And so, what do we do when we get up in the morning? Do we look out and see the beauty of what's around us? Do we open that Word of God and let the Spirit of the Lord feed us, nurture us, bring life into us, encourage us, kick us up? Direct us, guide us, chasten us if needed? Do we do that? Or do we immediately have to find out what devilish thing happened across our nation today? I want to tell you that God, God acted on the Word of God. Abraham acted on the Word of God. He acted on that. He acted on faith without seeing the whole picture. He focused on the eternal city that God is building he sought foundations. And see, that's where we... There is no foundation here, folks. There's no foundation. We can say, well, I'm an American. I'm secure. We have the strongest military in the world. We have the strongest governmental system in the world. We're the most prosperous nation in the world. We got all that. It's all its all okay. But you know what? Yellowstone could erupt tomorrow and kill us all. So how secure was that? It's not real secure, right? Well, maybe I'll move over to the east coast. It'll be safer over there. Yeah. You know what? There could be a hurricane over there and wipe you out. There's no foundation here. We have no foundation in this life. We can get a disease. We can get killed in a car wreck. We can think, i got it all together. I mean, it's all. My life is exactly where I want it to be. Bam. We hit something on the road and we're dead. There's no foundation here. Abraham sought a city that had the foundations of God. When God builds that foundation, nothing can knock it down. Nothing can take that foundation away. Nothing's big enough to, to knock down what God's putting together and what God has put together. That's why Abraham was able to do what doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even. Can you imagine what his family was saying when Abraham said, eh, we're, we're leaving, where are you going? That way... What? what are you gonna do when you get there? I don't know. Where exactly is there? I'm not sure. Why are you doing this? Because God spoke to me last night. Oh, you're one of them. Yeah God talked to me and spoke to me and told me to do this. He talked about an act of faith. but he was looking for a foundation whose builder is God. When God tells you if he brings it together, I'm telling you, God doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want you to live in misery. He doesn't want you constantly looking at what the world is doing. You cannot be in victory and constantly look at what the world's doing. It will destroy your faith. It will steal your joy. It will take your peace. And you know what? The world you woke up to today is the same world you woke up to a year ago. It's Ion, Washington. It looks the same. What happened in DC, what happened across the ocean, whatever, it's still the same I own. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you to, teach, to seek joy, the things of God in your life. Look at the news? Yep, okay, that's what's happening close that up, and now I'm going to praise God because I live in a beautiful, wonderful place, and I can freely come to the house of God, and I can worship Him. And I can come and and be with God's people freely, and I don't have to live in fear of that. I could do it a year ago, I could do it five years ago, and I can still do it today. God has blessed us. Why would we focus on the things that have gone wrong? God doesn't want us there. We don't live there. We live like Abraham. We're sojourning in this land waiting for the day that we get to go to the city that God has prepared. So we don't live in that misery. And truly, if they had been mindful, Hebrews 11.15, and if, if truly, if they had been mindful of that country for whence they came out, if they had been mindful of the country of whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. <laughs> but now they desire a better country that is heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. If you focus and live your life in the world, and what the world's doing, and the way the world's going, and the direction it's, 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 it's taking, it'll pull you right back into it. That's what he's telling us right here. If they'd have been mindful of that old country, he'd have wanted to go back. You believe while they're wandering out there in the in the wilderness, wondering where they're going, you think Sarah ever came to Abraham and said, hey, don't you think we ought to go home? You think maybe we ought to go home? We had family and friends. We had everything there. Why are we out here? And Abraham said, we can't look at that. We've got to look at this. We can't look at that country. We've got to look at this country. We've got to go the direction God has called us to do because if we focus on the old, if we focus on what's dying and deteriorating and, and drying up, it will take us and draw us back into it. God called us out of that. Why do we want to live back in it? So I want to tell you, once again, put it away. Put it down. I'm not saying that. Like I say, we've got to know what's going on, sure. But don't live there. Don't live there. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are good report if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things and your life will change. We don't have to be depressed. We have Almighty God and we have a promise. And that promise never ends and never dies and it will be fulfilled in Christ. And we pray. Father, I pray that peace will come upon our people right here. Lord, I pray that upon every, every person in this building there will be a peace because, Lord, so often the enemy wants us to live in the misery that he has wrought. God, I don't want to live there. I've been guilty of it, God, and I repent before you. I say I'm sorry that I found myself living there sometime. But God, I pray that you'll teach us to fulfill Philippians 4, eight that we will think on things that are good, the things that we should think about. I pray your peace be upon the people and give them joy every day of their lives. Help them appreciate how wonderful it is right where they're at. In Jesus' name. with the church stand? I often thought about when I was in Kettle Falls, we had a couple of bars in town and I'd watch these people and I would think, we have such a gorgeous, gorgeous part of the country we have the Columbia River. We have the Caldwell River. We have mountains all around us. And it's gorgeous. There's motorcycles. Or, there's hunting. There's fishing. There's all this stuff. And I watch the same people go into the same bars every single day and spend hour after, hour after hour after hour after hour in that bar. And I would think you have missed it. We have so much to be joyful for and you're spending your life in a bar. But you know, it's the same thing of spending our life focusing on the wrong stuff. I'm going to ask you if you want special prayer today. If you're not right with God, I want you to be right with God today. If you need special prayer, this church will pray for you. You know that. We love to pray for people. And if you need something from God, I want to pray for you today. If you need healing, if you need salvation, if you need peace and joy in your life, I want you to come right here and let us pray for you. I'm not going to beg you. I don't play that game. You know that. I'm just asking you, if you want special prayer, as we go into prayer, I want you to come right here, and we will pray for you. Anybody at all in special prayer today.